Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. This week, we are speaking into the lives of the people who will be in charge of the world in a few short decades, or sooner. The next leaders in business, in politics, in education, in medicine, and faith. We're talking about your kids, your grandkids, nieces, nephews, friends, kids, neighbors, kids, middle school, high school students, college students, we're talking about you. And we're talking about those who are in the grades younger than you. We want to pray for our children because we want the best for their future. For a lot of us, there may be a disconnect between what you know is important and what you're actually living out. You know it's a good idea to pray for your children, your grandchildren, the next generation, but some of us, if we were honest, we'd say that it's not truly reflected to the level that it really needs to be in our prayer life. Some of you are praying like crazy for your kids and for your grandkids, nieces, nephews, and other people's kids. I think of my grandmother who for several years at the end of her life, even getting out of her, her bed was a struggle. And my grandmother would, would tell me that she was ready to be in heaven. And she sometimes wondered why God kept her alive for so many years, really, when she was ready to go. But I know this. My grandmother was praying for her kids, her grandkids, and her great-grandkids. And I would remind her often that God is giving you a purpose, Grandma. And she would spend hours in prayer for those kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids. It could be that you feel at your prayer time for your kids or the next generation, maybe it's fallen flat. Maybe it's non-existent. You have some sense that you should be praying for the next generation. But if you're honest, you'd say you don't know where to begin in praying over those who will come after us. Let's look at a real practical way that we can connect what we read in the Bible to praying for the next generation. And then at the end, we're going to have a special time when we can do this right here in this house tonight. So let me ask you to think of a child, your child, your grandkids, nieces, nephews, kids in the extended family. If you're an educator, it could be boys and girls who you teach. I want you to begin to think, and if you're taking notes, always taking notes is a good idea. Somewhere in the margin, if you're taking notes with your phone, you could write down Put down notes, the name in the notes, names of kids, the next generation. It could be littles all the way up to elementary school, junior high, high school. I see some of you already starting to write names down. Write the names down of next generation people you are praying for. What do you want for their future? The names that you're beginning to write down, 
put down right now. What do you want for their future? (laughs) No one says, you know what I really want? I want to raise my children from mediocrity. Your thoughts could be going to their career, their family life, their spiritual life, hope so, all of the above. This is true for all people, not just Christ followers. Everyone, except for maybe the rare curmudgeon or extreme cynic, there would be universal agreement that we want the best for the next generation. Many of us would say that it would be our heart's desire that our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren would experience success, not the world's version of success or culture's version of success. We would desire that the next generation would experience God's version of success in even greater measure than we experienced in our own lives. Here's why this matters. As we are pursuing God for our children and anyone in the next generation that we influence, the psalm that we're about to look at tells us that we should pray with an expectation that they will be mighty. So I invite you to open up your word with me or power up to Psalm 112. Psalm 112. And if you're looking for a great guide in praying over the next generation, I want you to consider Psalm 112 as a place that you can turn to as a guide in praying for the next generation. As we read this psalm, let's consider these inspired words and think about how we can use them to pray for the next generation, specifically for the boys and girls or teenagers who you may have written down or maybe writing down as we're talking tonight. Let's start in verse 1. Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Father, you are the one who deserves all the praise. You are the source. The good in this world comes from our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father's ways are always the best ways. Blessed are those connected to God are those who live in healthy fear of him. And fear of God is acknowledging his superiority. Fearing God means to do life his way, to serve him, to love him with all you've got, not for his sake, but for your sake, for our sake, for our own good. Connected to God are those who find great delight in his commands. You see that there in verse 1? Connected to God or blessed are those who find great delight in his commands, who find delight in living life God's way, that we find joy in living life the way that God intended it to be, not out of some mechanical religious duty, but as an act of love, a response to the way that he loves us. Father, I pray that my children, the next generation, will grow to fear you, to know there is an eternal consequence of not following you. God, help me to raise up. You can drop the name of the child in there. God, help me to raise up Savannah, Dahlia, Tucker, and Elsa to do things your way, serving out of love because you love them first. I want my children to be blessed by you, to be connected with you. Father, I pray that my children would know the joy that comes from a life serving you, loving you, and walking according to your ways. 
that they would not see following God as some sort of stale religious ritual or a checklist. Verse 2. Their children may be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Praying for children to be mighty in the land, this speaks to their influence. We're praying that because they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and because they are empowered by the Holy Spirit, because of that they will have influence where they live. Father, I'm praying that as a result of pursuing you, my children and my children's children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright. I'm praying that an entire generation would be blessed, connected to you, would enjoy your best, that no one would be left out. This is so good about being blessed or connected to God. It's not limited. It's not like so many other things that in order for some to succeed, others must fail. All can enjoy God's best. Verse 3. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Wealth and riches. It's good to pray for the next generation's finances. You may be worried about how they're going to pay for college. Father, I pray that my children will live without the burden of stress that comes with debt. Never too soon to begin praying that over your kids. Father, I don't know how that's possible, but I do know it's possible with you. I pray that they would earn their money with integrity in a way that honors you, using the good skills, the desires, the passions, the spiritual gifts that you have placed in their hands and in their hearts. Father, I pray, pray that they would have your wisdom with managing their money, that they would honor you with the way that they spend and the way that they save. If you have read ahead in this psalm, you know that generosity is coming up, so hold on for just a second. But here is this idea of righteousness. Righteousness, this concept is raised, and it's going to come up a few times in this psalm. Righteousness is the fact that there is right and wrong in the world, and the standard is set by God, and God is always on the side of what is right. There are some in culture who think that each person should be able to determine their own right and wrong. There should be no real standard. I get that some people do not like the idea of absolute right and absolute wrong, that there is some thought that we would be happier just living in a big grass, vast, vast is the word, a big vast gray area. No right, no wrong, who cares? If it makes you happy, go for it. For me, I'm praying that my children grow up to understand righteousness. That out of love, our Heavenly Father lays out clear lines for us. There are things that are in line with his ways and there are things that are at odds with God. I pray that my children will know as it's been planted in their hearts that in God's eyes they will choose God's way of doing things. Verse four. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright. For those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. There is spiritual darkness in, the, in culture. Here is an opportunity to pray for the next generation. The next generation 
will be a light in spiritual darkness. That they would make the most out of the decisions of their lives, realizing that their sin puts them at odds with God and their only hope for eternity is to turn from sin, make a personal decision that Jesus Christ will be the Lord of their life. And we've talked about this before. As much as we as parents, grandparents, as much as we wish that we could make a decision for Christ on behalf of our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, it's just not possible. But what we can pray for is that God would be made so real to them that the cross would be so attractive in their life that the reality of salvation through Jesus Christ would shine so brightly as a contrast to a wicked, corrupt culture that they would be so drawn that they would make that decision and own it for themselves. And then as a result of following Christ, that they would be living examples of Christ's grace and compassion and righteousness. Verse five, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Father, I pray for the next generation. I pray for my children, that they will be people who give their time. They will be people who give their treasure and their talents generously that they will find joy in being generous, that they will be in the position to be the lender, not the borrower. Father, when they deal with people, even when others treat them unfairly, even when others cheat, I pray that my children will know that you see everything, God, even when they're on spring break. I pray that they will know that you see everything and that they will choose to act with justice and fairness in the way that they live their lives. Verse six, surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Father, I know that there's gonna be spiritual junk thrown at the next generation from all directions in relationships, online, their social media feeds, what they watch in their classrooms, in ways of communication that we haven't even made up yet. Father, may my children, may the next generation, may they never be shaken. May they be known, even remembered for living on the side of righteousness, not for their sake, but to bring glory to your name. This, I believe, all leads up to verse seven, Psalm 112, verse seven. If you were to take away one verse as a verse to pray over the next generation, I believe this is the one I would draw a circle around, Psalm 112, verse seven. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Now we could pray, Father, I I pray that nothing bad ever happens to my children. I pray that their hearts are never broken. I pray that they never have a difficult day. I pray that their lives are easy in sunshine and roses and unicorns every day. But what we know is that as long as we live in this messed up world, difficulty is going to come their way. 
So instead of praying, may they never face any challenges or any difficulties, what if we were to pray, Father, I pray that they will not fear bad days. I pray that they will not fear bad news. I pray that they will not be shaken when things don't go their way, that their hearts will be steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Father, it is certain that the children or grandchildren I'm praying for will at some point receive bad news. And some of us would say that there are times that we know where children receive bad news and it just doesn't seem like it's fair that they should receive it at the young age that they are receiving it. I don't know what that bad news is going to be in their lives, but I pray that they will not fear bad news because they have a heart set on you, a trust in you. This psalm comes to life in your prayer time for the next generation when you put their names in the prayer. The child or children who come to the front of your mind, my encouragement is this. Pray for children and grandchildren as if you are the only one praying for them because you might be. Let's not take for granted that someone else is praying for that child whose name has been placed on your heart. What do you want for their future? Fear of the Lord. Joy in serving God. Influence where they live. Honoring God with the way they handle their money. Graciousness, generosity, compassion. That they will treat people fairly that they will achieve God's version of success and they will do it with integrity. That they will be able to face even their worst days without fear. The next generation, maybe they can do it on their own, but I believe they'll be a lot better off if they have our prayer support. It's going to happen with God on their side. It's also a prayer for our life because if we live out these values, if we live out these values, the next generation is more likely to soak it in. If we live in fear of the Lord, if we find joy in serving God, if we are influencers where we live, if we handle money in a way that honors God, if we are gracious, generous, and compassionate, as we treat people fairly, as we achieve success with integrity, which is not always the easier path, but it's the best path. I have a friend who was, this is not in the, You wouldn't know this person back in the Midwest. He was selling cars. And he actually lost his job because uh, this particular car dealership was very shady with how they wanted to interact with customers. And he was very honest. And they accused him of being too honest with the way that he was selling cars. And he lost his job. He was doing it with too much integrity. 
And of course, I do not mean that as some sort of slight against every person who deals in the automotive business because we have a lot of friends who work in that business who do a great job. That could be applied to any industry where people are sometimes directed and maybe you've worked for someone who has actually ordered you or told you as a manager to do something that goes against integrity for the purpose of getting ahead. Yet you have chosen to do it God's way. And even if that means losing a job in the moment, it will be to your benefit in the long run. God will see how you've handled it with integrity. And he will honor your choice to do it with integrity. So we're talking about these ways that if we live them out, then it will be soaked in by those next generation people who are under our influence. If we handle our bad days without fear, if we remain steadfast when trials come our way, these boys and girls and teenagers under our influence, they will see how we face those days and they will soak it in. I gave a special invitation for our middle school and high school students and college students tonight to come back saying that if you would like to have someone in the church family commit to praying for you in 2022, I invite you to come back. Maybe that's why you came back. Maybe your parents made you. I don't know, but I'm glad you're here. So church family, if you would, I invite you to uh, stand with me. And, and I, I want you to think, I don't just want you to do it because others around you are doing this. If you would be in that adult, adult, adult phase, some of you might say that I know a 50 year old is not really an adult. If you're, let's just for today say kind of north of 30, all right? And I only want you to come forward if you're really serious about this. If you are in that demographic or beyond, and you would say, I would be willing to pray for a teenager or college student in 2022, that from this place tonight, you'd be willing to take down their name. You could even bring their phone, your phone with you, and if they're okay with it, you could take their picture so you remember to pray for them. Bring something to write with or bring your phone so you can take their name down. If you would tonight be willing to commit to someone in this next generation in these important, important years, middle school, high school, college, and of course we include those who are in tech school or have left high school and are already in. How special it was to look across the altar tonight. And I want to tell you, teenagers, some of the prayer partners that you got tonight, I was actually um, in like a good way, like jealous. I'm like looking like, man, you have that person praying for you. That person is a prayer warrior. This is a praying church. And I know that the people who came forward and said that they would pray, they will pray for you. And you will see a difference through the faithful prayers of the warriors who came forward tonight and committed to praying over your life. I've asked uh, Pastor Spencer and Pastor Bill to come forward.
Pastor Spencer representing our youth and Pastor Bill, our seniors, that this moment tonight at this altar in January, that it would be sealed on, and that we would see God move through the prayers of the generations. Pastor Spencer. Dear Jesus, we, we come before you tonight believing that a multi-generational church was your idea. God, we are so thankful that, that we exist in a place where, where young people can come and have the opportunity to have a, a choice of, of many, many people that have gone before them and laid the path that they could come and be prayed for by these people that have, that have walked through things that we haven't walked through yet. Jesus, I pray for that this moment on January 16th, 2022 would be a moment where not only our young people, our middle school or high schoolers and college age students would, would remember that maybe first interaction they had with a prayer partner. I pray that this would be a marking moment in their year, in their life, that relationships would be built that are lasting, that discipleship would start to happen, that the older generations would start to disciple younger, and there would be great, great relationships that, that would come of this. And God, for, for all of the amazing adults that have gone before us and, and set a culture of discipleship in our church, God, thank you for their service towards your kingdom. And God, I pray that they feel the, the weight of what these students are going through every single day. These students are going through things that none of us could imagine. It gets worse and worse every day. So God, I pray that these prayer partners would feel the weight of that in a healthy way that would allow them to, to feel encouraged, but also challenged to pray for all of these things that they're going through. God, I pray that there is open dialogue and discipleship that happens, that, that the prayer partner can be an accountability partner for these young people. And God, ultimately, I just pray that there is positive, positive influence and discipleship that happens through these, this amazing, beautiful connection that we've seen here at your altar tonight, Jesus. We ask all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. I'd like to ask each one of you who came up, came up front and you exchanged names with a young person, would you just stand right now with me? Just stand if you exchange names with someone up here, one young person. Father, you see the... You see, each one of these adults here tonight who have committed to pray for their, this young person. Father, I pray tonight an anointing over them. And I ask God that you would make them pillars of strength. I ask God that you would make them prayer warriors. I ask God that you'd make them spirit-filled to the point of, of maybe being awakened in the middle of the night to pray for that person. May they be so spirit sensitive in this next coming year that there is an incredible sensitivity about each one of them to know the time to pray, a, a topic or a subject to pray for. God, place a new anointing upon them. I pray for a protection over them as they enter into a new realm of prayer, prayer partnership. Father, I pray for protection. I pray for a hedge of protection around them. I pray for the angels of the Lord to surround them. I ask God for favor upon them, and I ask God that you would bless them and they're coming in and bless them and they're going out. Thank you, God, for them tonight. 
who have volunteered to spend extra time on their knees, extra time in intercession. And I pray tonight, God, that, that this would not just be a another, like Pastor Tom said, a, an item on a checklist. I would pray for him and pray for him. But may it be a moment of intercession where they stand in the gap. We sought for a man to stand in the gap when we found none. We found a number of them tonight who are willing to stand in the gap for these young people. And we believe tonight, God, that, that there, is going to, there are going to be tremendous stories, tremendous examples that will come out of tonight, who will come out of these, 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 these new partnerships. Tremendous examples that will arise, tremendous prayer requests, prayer answers that will, that will, that will astound us. Father, we expect, we anticipate, and we believe you're going to do great things through these new partnerships. And we lift them up to you right now. May Christ be lifted high. May the joy of the Lord continue to be our strength as we honor you in this, in this time. We give you thanks, God. We thank you. Now bless them, I pray. Bless them with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Let's stand together. Let's sing this worship song from the depths of our, our soul as we declare it tonight. Praise God. We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.